Testing one, two, three, four. I can go further if I need to. Okay. We're on the study of heaven and hell. We started off. Uh, why is there a hell? You know, that seems like a logical place to start. Why? Well, it wasn't created for man. It was created for Satan and his demons. And so the first thing we did was describe Satan before he fell. He was beautiful. He was a guardian of the glory of the Lord. He was one of the cherubim. He was the principal cherubim. Uh, there's nothing like having an arch traitor. He had everything. He, had, he was the most beautiful. It's argued, or it can be argued from Scripture, that he was a walking instrument. He was the music director in heaven, of the heavenly chorus. He had it all, but the reason for his fall was his pride. And it's important to know your enemy's strategy. It's important to know your enemy's character. What his, as we say in the law, modus operandi would be. How's he going to come at you? Pride is usually one of his principal uh, forms of attack. That's how he got Eve, ultimately. Uh, but we started, once we found out, okay, that the reason for hell, then we, the le- next logical move is, okay, well, let's talk about the fall of man. So that took us to Genesis 2 and 3, and we are in Genesis 3, where we will finish up tonight. One of the sweetest spirits in the whole church said, uh, came up to me la- after services last week and said, well, when are we going to really study about hell? It's coming. It's coming. Uh, Next week, we will start with the rich man and Lazarus. And uh, interestingly, you will notice that the rich man doesn't do anything among the things that we think are especially bad. Nothing about being a drunkard. Nothing about getting other people drunk. Things like that. But the rich man and Lazarus will be the subject of next week. And we'll try to wrap up chapter 3 this week. Um... Craftiness, deceit is the principal uh, strategy of Satan. And when he comes at Eve, that's the way he comes at her. Now, first of all, she should have, she was a little too close to the tree. She's probably looking at the fruit, kind of admiring it. Uh, but at the time, you got to bear in mind, there's nothing threatening in the world. Uh, commentator Matthew Poole says. It was common. It was common for Adam and Eve to walk around in creation and converse with angels. You know, Jesus was look, it had to be Jesus because he was walking in the cool of the day. God was walking in the cool of the day, nobody seen God, so it had to be Jesus by deduction. So he had a relationship with Jesus. You have a con I mean I mean you can converse with this. And, and, and that's, the, that's the environment you can converse with Jesus. And so that's the environment they had. Talk about user-friendly. I mean, they didn't have to work. They had, they had work. They had authority over the whole world. Adam named the animals. Their work was fun. Just give them something to do. Nobody wants to ever sit around and do nothing. So how do you disrupt something like that? With pride. Satan's principal strategy 
First thing you do is look for the weak link, and it's not Eve's fault. Let it be known, I, I have been defending women for 25 years. I am the furthest thing from a male chauvinist you will find. Uh, but she was vulnerable. Why? Because the command of God went directly to Adam. We find out Adam was a pretty poor communicator. Because didn't, she didn't know the name of the tree. She just knew it was in the middle of the garden. So he didn't give her the straight scoop, the real story that he had received from God. She was working with in, you know, incomplete information. And I know my paralegal gets tired of hearing it, but I say knowledge is power. She came in with a motion the other day, and, and she said, Do you, here's, a, here's a form of a response. She said, you want me to file that? I said, no, I don't. I want to know everything that this Scudder didn't do that he was supposed to do. How many times did he not go see the child? How many, how many times did he get drunk and drive? Etc., etc. I want to be loaded for bear when I file an answer. Knowledge is power. For Eve, knowledge would have been power. But she didn't have knowledge. Because Adam was a poor communicator. So Satan's principal attack went against the weakest link in the chain. That's the way he'll always do it. All right? Next, he attacks God's Word. Anything that attacks God's Word, God's Word is definitive. This book right here, I may be wrong. It's the only self-authenticating book I know of. It's the only book that there are prophecies that happened well, including one here in, uh, in chapter 3, that would happen a thousand years later, or 1,500, or 2,000 years later, or hundreds of years later, with precision. Uh, no other book is like that. No other religion can amount to that. Uh, it's amazing when you get to speak on Sunday night... Um, I found page 3 to my notes this morning in the, in, in the printer. So I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, because, it's important, but because it's relevant to what we're talking about. He attacks God's Word. Take something that's a given and say, if. If. That is no ifs. Uh, notice at uh, chapter 3 of Genesis... Verse 1, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every fruit of the garden? What's he emphasizing? The negative. He omits a few things. Like the fact, you can eat of every other tree in the garden. You have a walking, talking relationship with the Son of Man. You have control over all the animals. You don't have to work hard. Left out a few things. He said you can. So in other words, what he's saying is, God's playing hide the ball with you. You can't believe God's not being absolutely truthful with you. So he create, He starts that. I used to really enjoy the uh, about the time Easter would approach. There would be shows on the History Channel, A&E, things like that. On uh, One of my favorite uh, topics, obviously, is, is the trial and crucifixion of the Lord. Until I started noticing that 
the errors. The more I studied, the more errors I noticed. And then I started looking at the credits at the end, and I noticed that that, that lady is a Gnostic. She may be a Ph.D. At, at Princeton, but I looked her up. She's a Gnostic. And this guy over here is a non-Messianic Jew. He never accepted Jesus in the, in the first place. And they, they're, they're trying to create doubt about things that were established already. They're established in the Word of God. So I, didn't, I, I don't enjoy watching those shows anymore. They're too inaccurate. And that's the separation. I was that, That's what Jesus dreaded. Most That was the page three that I left in the printer this morning. Uh, Jesus did not fear the nails. You know, we talk about it. I have. Ted has talked very well about it. About the physical crucifixion of Jesus on the cross. He didn't fear the nails. He didn't fear the scourging. He didn't fear the mockery. And it makes one shudder to think about, but... Crucifixion was not to kill. Crucifixion was designed to humiliate and terrorize. And males were crucified naked. And that's hard to think of. That's hard to think of the Savior that way. For three hours he hung there that way, open to display, to, to public display, public mockery. And then God turns out the lights all over the world. Because what was about to happen was so amazing. It wasn't fit for human consumption, if you will. In that darkness, Jesus took on our sin, as I said this morning. But what Jesus dreaded, the cup that he talked about at Gethsemane, let this cup pass from me, was the, was the close, intimate relationship he had with his father. And I have been very troubled ever since I agreed to do this study. I cannot imagine, and I, don't want, I hope I never find out, I don't think I ever will, but can you imagine somebody that thinks, well, I'm a pretty good guy. You know, I'm a member of the Rotary Club. I don't beat my wife. I don't kick my dog. Play softball with the guys once in a while. I'm a decent member of the community. I uh, pay my taxes. I don't do anything wrong. But unexpectedly, he dies outside of Christ. That man will open his eyes in hell. What he will experience, Jesus experienced for us. Because he will realize there are no second chances. I don't get to go back and do what I should have done the first time. I didn't accept the grace of Jesus. I didn't accept his sacrifice. Now I've got to pay for my sin and, it's gonna, and I'm going to be here for an eternity. In Lazarus' case... What did he say? Not Lazarus. He said, rich man's case. Rich man's not mentioned by name. He's a nobody. He was rich. He, was, he had a lot of friends. Lazarus didn't. But the rich man wanted Lazarus just, I thirst. 
Father Abraham, send Lazarus and, and just had a, a, a tip of, uh, put some water on my tongue. And Abraham, sorry, son, we can't do it. There's a gulf. What did Jesus say right at the end? I thirst. And sometimes you may, when you get up there and you're talking, you don't know if you make a point or not. Jesus experienced hell. He thirsted. He was human in that sense. He was all man and all God. But he experienced hell so that we wouldn't have to. Eve ate of the, uh, uh, and gave to Adam of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You know, some uh, it was occurring to me. This was what was really the sin. They wanted to be equal with God. The sin was, was the tree of knowledge of good and evil was nothing more than an acknowledgement that they were under God. They, they, were, they were obligated to, to, to obey God. That's all that was. And if they hated that, you know, a good liar like Satan is going to mix in some truth. You eat that, your eyes will be opened. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were opened, all right. They realized they were naked. They didn't get the kind of truth that they thought they were going to get. I made a... I'm, I'm, one of the scriptures that has always fascinated me is... Uh, Solomon, And it's found at uh, Ecclesiastes 1 and 18. For in much wisdom is much grief. And he that increases knowledge increases sorrow. Isn't that amazing? You ever see the picture of a president before he comes into office and then after he leaves? Looks like a vibrant man, man he's ready to go. Then when he's leaving, he looks like he needs special help just to get out the door, doesn't he? How would you like to have been Harry Truman? Find out that the FDR has died in Warm Springs, Georgia, unexpectedly. They were not exactly bosom buddies, by the way. I'm not a historian, but I know that. Uh, FDR, one of my favorite presidents, but he didn't tell Harry Truman anything. So first day on the job, uh, Mr. President... I want to tell you something. Probably President Roosevelt didn't tell you this, but we have a weapon that we think will end the war in Japan. Wow, that sounds really good. That sounds like a good thing. Well, the rest of the story is, Mr. President, it's going to devastate a a city of about 60,000 people, and every man, woman, and child will die. And the shock value will be such that we won't have to invade Japan because all of these people will die in one fell swoop. We don't know how many times it'll take to do that. Maybe once, maybe twice, or three times, and then we expect the Japanese will surrender. Oh. Uh, do the Russians have one of these? We're not sure, Mr. President, but we think so. Has anybody got a cup of coffee? You know. That's your first day on the job. With much knowledge, sorrow increases. That's true of every position of responsibility. It was true, certainly, in the garden. They were better off not knowing. 
Remember Jesus' response. It's the best response possible. In Luke 4. In Luke 4, real quick. Because Satan came at Jesus after 40 days. You know, this Holy Spirit drove Jesus into the desert. 40 in Scripture is completeness. 40 days, 40 nights, rained. 40 always stands for completeness. After 40 days, Jesus was beginning to starve to death. He was as weak as he was going to get. And that's when Satan came at him. So how did Jesus prevail? Verse 4, it is written. Verse 8, it is written. Verse 10, it is written. Even Satan knows the word, but he misapplies it. It is written. Combat Satan with the word of God. So even his first mistake was she got too close to the sin. Don't entertain temptation. Don't engage temptation in conversation. You know, one drink of beer won't make you an alcoholic. You know, I knew an entire family. I promise you they were alcoholics before they ever had their first drink. So that's not true. They were really nice, but the whole family had that problem. Something in their DNA. I don't know what it was, but it was there. And next Satan says, he attacks the word of God directly. He lays the groundwork and he says, at verse 4, ye shall not surely die. There's no consequences to disobeying God. Ye shall not surely die. Forget the consequences. Do what you want to. He's just trying to keep you from being having your eyes open and being just like him. Result, rebellion. Rebellion against God. Expulsion from the Garden of Eden. Expulsion from the presence of the uh, uh, God as it was. Now, they, once they were, Jesus went walking in the cool of the day and looking for Adam and Eve and uh, called out for Adam. Where are you? In verse 10, he says, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Well, there's an admission for you. Jesus picks up on it right away. How did you know that you were naked? Who told you? Have you eaten of the tree I commanded you not to? So Adam really mans up on this one. The woman whom thou gavest it uh, to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? Now, actually, what he's saying, Well, also, Lord, it's really your fault because you gave me the woman, and she's the one. No. At least Eve is straightforward and honest. 
Lord said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Now, she's honest about it. And so the Lord says to the serpent, Now, see, when this initially happened, the serpent was not what we think of as one of these things that if one of them crawled in here right now, it would clear this auditorium, including me. This microphone would make a noise like you wouldn't believe because I'd throw it in the floor and leave. I'm scared of snakes. But at this time, snakes were not that way. They were not repulsive. They were not repugnant. They weren't scary. That was part of the curse. But there's no lesson to be learned by the serpent as part of their curse. The lesson to be learned is by Adam and Eve. But he does address the serpent. He says, because thou hast, verse 14, because thou hast done this, Thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, and upon thy belly thou shalt go, and dust thou shalt eat all the days of thy life. Dust is a symbol of defeat. And that applies to Satan, too. You're always going to be a loser, Satan. You may look like you're winning for a while, but you're always going to lose. That's what he's saying there. Verse 15, And I will put enmity between thee and a woman. And the woman, you ever seen a woman that likes snakes? I haven't known many that did. But here's the serious part about it. And between thy seed and her seed, and as I pointed out last week, I took biology 101, women do not have seed. Okay? Between thy seed, he's talking to Eve. It's not a man's seed. It's the Holy Spirit's seed that uh, gave created Jesus it shall bruise thy head Jesus is going to win this huge struggle that we just discussed this morning Jesus is going to win you will bruise his heel you're going to hurt him but he's going to devastate he's going to kill you Okay, you're going to hurt him and he's going to destroy you. And that's what happened. Satan is just floundering around like a snake does. Have you ever seen a snake? This is an ugly picture. But you see one get run over in the road. Somebody runs over its head. And he just flops around and everything. That's what Satan's doing right now. He's already had his head broken by Jesus at the cross. The master deceiver got deceived. If he'd have known... He wouldn't have tried to kill the Lord. That was a a secret from the very time we're talking about here. God kept it to himself. Because in the very act of trying to kill Jesus, Satan fell right into the trap. The master deceiver was deceived. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened to the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. You're going to have to work now, pal. You, you had a, you know, a fun time before, but now you're going to sweat. You're going to eat, but you're going to have to cultivate the ground, and it's not going to be easy. In sorrow shalt thou eat it all the days of thy life. Every man, every woman that works has all the sorrow associated with the job. Everybody knows that. 
all kinds of irritations and things of that nature. That's exactly what that's talking about. Thorns also and thistles it shall bring forth unto thee, and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread until thou return, till you're dead, till you return to the ground. Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living things. I'm looking for a particular verse right now. And unto the woman, verse 16, unto the woman, he said, because I want to explain what this really means, or my understanding of what the commentators I read mean, say it means. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. I do not know this. The doctors do, but I think woman, human woman, has more pain in childbirth than any other animal, uh, any other species. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth thy children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. What in the world is going on with that? I'll tell you. Initially, male and female were created equally. And then what this is really addressing is, after this curse... Woman will, she was under the headship of the man before, but it was a very benign type of rule. It was a very uh, intimate, relational, there was no problems associated therewith. Now her desire will be, she will be fighting against that rule. She won't like it. She'll be under the, the rule or the authority of the male in the home. But she'll always be fighting against it, and he'll be fighting trying to sustain his so-called superiority. Now, I said that to say this, that was softened greatly with the introduction of Christianity. That changed. Christian man doesn't act like that. So that's what that means, that he will rule over thee. That's not, uh, there was few men more cruel than a Jewish man to a Jewish woman. That's why Moses eventually allowed divorce. It's because a man would reach 40-ish and he would start to accumulate some things and the woman that had borne his children didn't look as good as she did 20 25 years before whatever and he'd find a young one that looked a lot better and Moses didn't want the man killing his wife because they were very abusive and that was the reason it was because of the hardness of their hearts that was the reason Moses he was trying to protect the woman from getting beat up okay that's what, when you dig into these things, there's usually a reason for the rule. That's the reason in the Bible, the more you dig, the more the rationale is there. 
But the result of all this is that Adam and Eve are driven out of the Garden of Eden. And what is placed at the east of the Garden of Eden? Cherubims. And a flaming sword which turned every way to keep, it, keep the way of the tree of life. One of the ones that Satan himself had been now guards the Garden of Eden at this time. Next time we're going to take up with the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And we will study what hell is like. And it is frightening. And it is scary, and nobody in this room will have to experience it because Jesus experienced it for us. If you are in any way subject to the invitation, we ask that you come forward. Uh, Stan's going to lead us in one last song, the uh, communion. If you were not here this morning, communion has been prepared in room 100. And then I believe uh, that I know that Blake Frost will lead us in a closing prayer.